0: This is the day the Lord has made come on let's rejoice and be glad in it I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord our feet shall stand within thy gates Oh Jerusalem. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and you are watching I Hope Church emanating from the campus of Good Hope in Houston, Texas. I want to greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and say to all of you, love to the family, because you're part of the family of hope. Now, remember, You're not watching to make us a big church or me a big preacher. Man, we are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. There are some pastors that you wanna listen to because they're gonna help you feel good. But it's my goal, my objective, to help equip you and empower you so you can be good, so you can become the best that you can possibly be, so you can walk into victory, that God has your name on. Our scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And uh, I'm excited about this scripture because uh, this scripture really lays a foundation for who we want to be in the Lord. Mark chapter 12, verse 28, the New Living Translation reads as follows. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. I have read for you Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 30 from the New Living Translation. This is the word of the Lord, and our proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we bless you and thank you for this day. And we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight and bring glory and honor to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask your blessings on our worship offering. Amen. Now, before I go any further, let me say... Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, to all of the dads who have had to fill in as mothers, to all of the Meemaws, the GGs, the ninis and every other name you come up with to creatively describe your relationship with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Let me say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. I think about my mother on this day, Barbara Cofield, who went home to be with the Lord in 2008. And I always tell people, anything good in me, the best in me as a person, I got from her because she literally was the embodiment of God's love for me on earth, the unconditional love that she had. Now, I got some stuff from my daddy too. He went home to be with the Lord as well, but my mother's love, my mother's love for God, my love, my mother's love for family, my mother's love for me uh, just laid a foundation for me that Uh, I'm standing on today. If your mother has gone home, I hope that you have precious memories, that you would take time today and the days coming to reflect and remember. But if your mother's still with you, listen, take the time to just send her a message of love. Send her a word of encouragement. Just let her know that you thank God. Because watch this, if she wasn't here, you wouldn't be here. So let's thank God that we have life today because of the women that God chose to bring life through. Now, we have a special surprise for you on today. This is my brother from another mother, and he has come and shared with us here at the Good Hope Church in person, and I wanted to share him with you virtually. Um, I think he is worthy of poet laureate distinction in the this country and yea, even in the world. He is a teacher by profession, um, invest and share so much, Um, but I can remember when I first heard him share the poetry that God had blessed him with, um, I was just literally blown away. And he has a Mother's Day poem that I want to share with you today, it's called Old School Mama. So all of the old school mamas, and if you're a new school mama, man, you better learn from these old school mamas, because however tough we may have thought they were, we are who we are today because of that love. Seven, the poet, is sharing with us today. Old school mama, following him, praise team is going to come, and then we will have our word for today. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.
1: Greetings. My name is Seven, the poet. Happy Mother's Day. Today, let me uh, give you all a poem about the lost art of parenting. The name of this piece is entitled Old School Mama, and I hope that it touches you all. Here we go. She don't tolerate no backtalk or chatter. In fact, that's one of the quickest ways to get you smacked backwards. In fact, she's got one of the quickest hands on the planet. She won't blink or hesitate and she wears that house coat like a cape. We call her Mama, the superhero. Always there to save the day. Hit Mama on her hotline and help is on the way. Faster than a speeding bullet. Daddy can say what he want to say but when he show up, he trying to be cool. When Mama show up, she don't play. Say Mama. Ain't gotta say something about nothing when something is wrong and you're trying to conceal it. But Mama ain't gotta say something about nothing when something is wrong cause mama can feel it when there's trouble in your way you're on her heart all day mama wait for everybody to go to sleep walk the floor all night and pray and when she can't handle it alone she get big mama on the phone see mama knows how to pray but big mama knows how to moan nana knows how to moan mud knows how to moan pray for you to have a safe trip then pray till you get back home but then she say let me look at you make sure y'all right did you eat something where you been told me a long time ago you ain't got no friends i'm your friend i'm your mama your doctor when you're sick your lawyer when you need gonna be down with you when the people that say that they down with you decide to leave see mama got agape love no prizes no awards but if you need proof she's got the scars i'm talking about mama quick to console quick to give quick to listen but get out of line she's quick to discipline mama not like these new school mamas don't say anything when the kid is acting wild. One of them old school mamas spat a rise, spoil a child. Think you grown? mumble under your breath and say the wrong thing? She come across your face and put your bottom lip on your shoestrings. Mama, not like these new school mamas that act like the authorities are a threat. One of them old school mamas that'll give the child the number to CPS. See, new school mamas won't hit you anywhere but on your behind. Old school mamas will hit you anywhere but the first thing she can Fine, you might think that I'm exaggerating or embellishing the facts. Old school mamas would have never let us wear our pants hanging off our butt like that. But these new school mamas' boyfriends, just like children, and I guess they think it's cool. But thank God, my mother and your mother are from the old school seven. Thank you. you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise Praise the Lord,
2: everybody. Anybody know? There's nobody like our God. Come on, clap your hands like this with us. Come on. Yeah. Come on, say. I will sing praises unto my King. Yeah. I will sing praises unto my King. That's it. Come on, say. He is Creator of. This morning, be glorified in our lives, God. Take over, let you lead us, God, into whatever you want us to do. Psalm says, In my life, God, be glorified. You get the praise. You take, take the honor. Anybody just want to tell God thank you. It's like you get the glory. You get, get all of the praise. You take, take the honor. That's always we said right there. Come on, lift it up, everybody You'll say. You get the glory. You get, get the praise. You take, you take the honor. I just want to say, say you get the glory. You get the glory. You get the praise. You, get the praise. You, take the honor. you take the honor. I just want to lift my hands and tell you, thank you, Jesus. You get the glory, God. You You've been mighty good. Oh, oh, oh. you loose my shackles and you set me free. Anybody know he's been mighty good? Yeah. Yes, you've been mighty good, Lord. Said you loose my shackles and you set me free, Lord. That one time, see so in, in my, so be glorified, be glorified so be glorified. be glorified. Come on, can we break the music? Again? Everybody, lift your voice and say, in my, mind. In my that's it. Come on, mind, be glorified, be glorified. No matter what I'm going through, God, be I want you to be lifted up.
0: Come on, let's say thank you. I mean, other than Thanksgiving, I'm not sure there's another day that we can share more thanks to God for the blessings that we have received than Mother's Day and Father's Day, those special days when people took out of their lives to give us life. And so for all the mothers and everything that God has blessed us with, salvation, sanctification, uh, reasonable portion of health and sense, I said since, man, we say thank you to the Lord today and we lift our voices and lift our hands in praise and we say thank you to the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today as we continue our theme, being great people for a great God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray now that you will bless our time in your word Let everything that we do and everything that we say be pleasing in your sight and bring glory and honor to you. We magnify you. We glorify you. And may you edify your people as your word goes forth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't think there's any question that all of you who are watching me right now love a good deal. We we love a good bargain. Man, if we can get a buy one, get one free, if we can find a way that we can get significantly off the MSRP, the Manufacturer suggested retail price, if we can buy wholesale instead of retail, you can't help but feel good about that purchase. Uh, Some of us, call it a hookup when we can get a deal. Uh, Christians call it favor or a blessing when we can get a deal. And typically, here's basically what it boils down to. We want to get as much as we can and give as little as we have to. Now here's the danger of that mentality. The danger of that mentality is not how it shows up in a retail setting because at the end of the day, you're either going to buy the product or not buy the product. The person is going to sell it to you or not sell it to you. But when we bring that mentality to relationships, now we're walking on dangerous ground. When we come to a relationship and we basically say in that relationship, I want as much as I can from you but I'm going to give as little as I have to to you. When we treat people as if we're doing them a favor in being in a relationship with them, man, we're on dangerous ground. And especially when we bring that mentality to God. See, the truth of the matter is, when we talk about our relationship with God, we want far more from God than we are willing to give to God we want everything we want from God. When we pray, we want it answered. When we desire it, we want it delivered. We want everything that we want from God and we want it now. But what about what you need to give to God? See, very rarely do we ask the question, what does God want from me? We're experts on what we want from him, but do we know what God really wants from us? Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to give God your greatest love, how to give God your greatest love. Now, we're in a series, and and thematically this year, in celebration of our 150th anniversary, we're talking about being a great people for a great God, and and one of the reasons this is our focus, this is our theme for this year moving forward is because one of the things that we have been reminded of throughout the past two years plus in the pandemic is that church is not a building. Church is made up of people, that the people are the people who make up the church. And we cannot be a great church for God if we're not willing to be a great person for God. And typically when we talk about the church, it's we're able to project upon other people what this organism is supposed to be doing instead of taking responsibility for what this person ought to be doing. Our foundational text is Mark chapter 12 And we're going to focus on verses 28 through 30 today. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, we see one of the teachers of the religious law asking Jesus a question. Jesus has been dialoguing, uh, some would say debating, with the scholars, and he has answered all the questions well. And this teacher of the religious law asked Jesus a question. He said, well, since you've been answering questions so well, what is the greatest commandment? Now, when he asked that question, you have to realize that he's not referencing the Ten Commandments. He's referencing the 613 commandments that have been extrapolated from the Ten Commandments. The 613 thou shalt and thou shalt not. And he asked Jesus, Jesus, out of all of these commandments... Which one is the greatest? And Jesus answers in a way that I don't think this teacher of the religious law expected. Jesus answers this question recognizing that your person is more important than your possessions. Uh, Jesus basically says to this man and says to you and says to me, that who we are is more important to give to God than what we have. Now, once we give him who we are, what we have should come along. He says, but don't start with the possessions. Start with presenting your person. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, presenting your body a living sacrifice. How to give God your greatest love. Here's the first thing. Number one, you must intentionally choose to give and grow in your love to God. You must intentionally choose to give and grow in your love for God. Matthew, Mark chapter 12, verse 28, one of the teachers of a religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered, well, So he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? Listen to Jesus, verse 29. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Now, before we get to verse 30, let me stop here at verse 29 and just throw this in for somebody parenthetically. You cannot love God like you should if you have other gods in your life other than the Lord. He says, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Jesus is quoting for this teacher, the Shema. It is the the phrase in in Hebrew uh, that the Hebrew scriptures Tell every Jew to recite, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He says the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. He is the one and only God. And let me just throw this in for somebody. Maybe your struggle to love God like you should is because you're loving something else or somebody else like you shouldn't. Let me say that again. You cannot love God like you should when there is somebody else or something else on the throne in your life. God is not interested in being your secondary love interest. God is not interested in being your side God. You can't have anything or anyone who has a greater priority in your life for your love than God. Jesus says, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And then look at verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God. Stop right there. Here's basically what he says. As a disciple, you must love God. Now, this word love is an interesting word. It's it's the verb form of the word agape. The word is agapao. But here's what's interesting. We we know of agape as this unconditional love that is given. We, We know that it is a love that is given undeserved and it's a love that is given consistently right it's unconditional but it is consistent it always sees the best it never focuses on the worst and the object of that love should always be made better by that love not worse by that love right now we all know that word agape speaks to the love that God has for us John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we understand that's God's love for us. And we understand that that's Christ's love for us. Here's where it gets a little interesting. This is the same love that we are to have for one another right, when we talk about our love for each other, it's not an eros love or an erotic love, a word that doesn't even appear in the Bible. We get that word from Greek literature. It's not a philia love or friendship love. A storge love is talked about in the Bible as a family love. But this agape love is the love that is the highest form of love and we're to have that love for each other. But stay with me. It's the love that God says we are to have for him. It's the love that we are to have for him. Now, here's what's interesting. We have in some ways denigrated the love we are to have for God, we have brought it down to a level that is beneath what we are to give to God. So when we sing songs like falling in love with Jesus, no, 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 no. You don't fall in love with Jesus because you might fall out of love with Jesus. This love is an expression of your will regardless of the circumstances that's going on around you. Here's what I submit to you, my brothers and sisters. Some of us don't love God like we should because our love for God is conditional, is based on what we get and what we receive and what God does. Let me see if I can show you the inconsistency of our love for God. Um. when a sporting event takes place and they interview people from the winning team if they're a believer you're going to get something like this well first I just want to thank God man for this victory I, I want to thank God for the ability to play this game I just want to praise my Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ listen y'all I've never heard a player on a losing team say, let me just lift my hands and just give God praise and thank God for the opportunity to play even though we lost. Hallelujah, thank God. Never heard a player do that. I've seen people shout when family members are healed. I've never seen anybody rejoice. Even when it's a believer, and we say to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. We know that every believer is in a win-win situation. If they live, they can live with Christ. If they die, dying is gain because they can make heaven their home. But I've never seen any family members of people who have died shouting at their death. I've never seen them giving thanks to God. I've been preaching over 40 years. I've never seen it. Because our love for God and the expression of that love for God is not unconditional. We get mad at God when God doesn't do what we want and give us what we want when we want it. We get angry with God. And then we don't love him like we should. We don't obey him like we should. We don't trust them like we should. Many times when we are upset and angry with God, we don't want to articulate it, even though it is present in our attitude and it shows up in our actions. And then here's what we end up doing. We end up either taking matters into our own hands or we're determined since we've been obeying God and it hasn't resulted in in what we want done, then we say, well, you know what? If that's what I get when I obey God, I might as well disobey God and have fun And do what I want to do if I'm not going to get what I want either way. You don't have to say amen. I know I'm right about it. Here's a question. How can you love God in a deep, constant, consistent way? Can you love God unconditionally? See, Loving God is not a fluctuating up and down emotion. That's why I said loving God is not about falling in love with God. It's not an emotional love that changes with feelings. To love the Lord is a mental, emotional commitment. It's a choice that's marked by the exercising of your will that will make you obedient to his word, and accept his will for your life. Matter of fact, let me just say this. Write this down somewhere. Loving God is a choice. Loving God is a choice you have to make. Loving God does not happen automatically. Now, I better put a cord in the meter and park right here for a second because I know there's somebody who's watching who's saying, no, pastor, hold on. No, I gave my life to the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord. I love God. No, listen, you can give your life to the Lord and not love God. Matter of fact, to give your life to the Lord, you have to acknowledge and accept God's love for you but it does not automatically result in you loving God. Loving God is a choice you have to make. Look at John chapter 14. I put a several verses here for you to look at. Verse 15 in John 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. If Now, he's not talking to unchurched and unsaved people there. He's talking to his disciples. He says, if you love me, if is a conditional particle, usually used in the subjunctive mood. Here, it's not expressing doubt. It's expressing possibility. It's conditional. You can love me, but you don't have to love me. Now, I know I'm messing with somebody right now because you're saying, wait a minute, hold on, Pastor, what do you mean? I can be a believer and not love God? Absolutely. You can be a believer and not love God. Watch what he says, verse 21. Go back to John 14. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Look at it. Accept my commandments, first part. Obey them, second part. Go down to verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Go to verse 24. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. You can be in a relationship with God and not make loving God your priority. And when you have misplaced priorities, you will have the expression of misplaced passion. You know, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, wait a minute, how, how can I be in a relationship with God and not love God? How, how can I know God loves me and still not love God? The same way people are in marriages and they don't love their spouse, but they're still married to him." They're just two people sharing the same address. They're basically roommates out of convenience. They stay together for the children, but they don't have the love that they should have for one another. Are you staying with me here? They're in relationship. They're in covenant, but that commitment has not moved on the side of expressing their feelings and their will in a way that says, I love you. See, recognizing and receiving God's love for you is a necessity for salvation. Loving God is the key to sanctification. And and you you have to make sure you understand what it means to love God. Matter of fact, the text says the evidence is right there. If you love me, go back to John 14, verse 15. Obey my commandments. Look at that word, obey, obey, obey. Now that's a word that that grates against our nerves. We don't like that. We don't like hearing that word obey because typically when we hear the word obey, the first thing that comes to our minds is a dog obeying, obeying orders. Um, So I've done a number of weddings over my ministerial lifetime And whenever I do a wedding, I I typically ask the groom and the bride, are you all going to do your own vows or do you want me to give you the vows? And if they say me, I ask them, do they want the traditional vows or do they want the more modern vows? And here's what they say. Typically they say, well, what's the difference between the traditional vows and the modern vows? I said, well, it can be summed up in typically one word and that's the word obey. I said, because in the traditional vows, the commitment is for the wives to obey their husbands. And nine times out of 10, the women say, oh, no, 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 uh, I ain't obeying, I'm not no dog, we're equal partners in this. I I don't obey a man. And that's because they don't understand, one, the marital relationship, and secondly, they have not looked at the Scriptures in totality because what I tell them is, now, you can take obey out of the traditional and create your own modern version, or you can add obey to the traditional and create your new modern version and they said what do you mean i said well first corinthians paul says the husband doesn't belong to the wife i mean belong to himself he belongs to his wife and the wife doesn't belong to herself she belongs to the husband so when they get married of their own free will they are both responsible to obey each other because now their bodies are willfully joined together in a relationship that calls for mutual submission. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, there should be mutual submission between husband and wife. See, we see it as a negative, it's really a positive, it really frees you and it's the opportunity that we have to link up with each other and love each other in a way that only reflects God's love for us. So I tell the wives, instead of taking obedience out, add it on your side too. If y'all gonna make a commitment, take a covenant, you obey him, he obeys you. You can't do with your body whatever you wanna do because it doesn't belong to you. And he can't do with his body Whatever he wants to do, because his body no longer belongs to him, he is willingly giving it over to you. Jesus says obedience is really the expression of love. So when my wife asks me to do something, I obey her because I love her. If I don't love her, then I'm looking at her going, man, why am I gonna do that? My obeying her, my acquiescing to her wishes is an expression of my love. For her, if I need something and I say, sweetheart, would you do this for me? Because she loves me, she does that. And if she said, "Uh uh-uh, she did get it yourself, then that's letting me know how much, or even if, she loves me. Am I making sense to somebody? If I said to you right now, do you love God? Somebody would raise their hand and say, oh, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. You love God. Yes. Yes, sir. I love him. I love him. I love him with all my heart. I love him. Here's the next question. Do you obey God? Do you obey God? And I would dare say some of those same hands that went up, some of y'all raised two hands, talking about how much you love the Lord, would take at least one hand down, if not both hands, when you talk about obeying God. And here's the point. You really can't love without obeying. Obedience in a relationship is the expression, the highest expression of love. That's why Jesus says, Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. All who love me will do what I say. So here's what I want to challenge you to do this week. I want you to practice not on telling God how much you love him, but showing God how much you love him. I want you to practice obeying God. Even in those difficult places, those tough places, those places like like forgiveness, for example, Or in your giving, in your commitment to the Lord. I want you to practice and say, Lord, I'm going to obey you because I love you. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for teaching us and showing us in your word that the only one test of our love for you is obedience. Obedience. You said in 1 John chapter 5, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God, you said in your word, means keeping your commandments and your commandments are not burdensome. So God help us to love you by obeying you. Help us to live the way you have called us to live. Help us to interact with other people the way you have called us to interact with them. Help us to do what you have called us to do so we can really not just say our love, but show our love for you. Where our prayers have fallen short, God, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're grateful to God and thankful to the Lord for you being with us on today. If you have never asked the Lord into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes today to the Lord. Uh, You can click the button that says, I want to give my life to the Lord today. I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. All of those things are synonymous phrases. And we will show you how to ask the Lord into your life. Um, and I want you to know, being in church, being a church member doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Um, I, I went to a church and there was a person that had been there on staff 25 years. And when I met with that person and asked them about their salvation story, It became clear in just a matter of minutes that they had never asked Jesus Christ into their life. I led them in the prayer of salvation, and they gave their life to the Lord. I've had church officers, not just staff members. I've had officers in some of the churches that I've pastored, was able to lead them to Christ. So I want you to know it doesn't matter where you are. I want to give you an opportunity to make sure that you know, not Not insurance, but assurance to know that you know you've been born again. Click on that link. Pray that prayer of salvation with me because we believe in a believer's prayer and we believe in a believer's baptism. Make that commitment. If you're looking for a church home to be part of, man, we would love for you to be part of the Good Hope Church online through our I Hope Church expression. All you have to do is click on the link, I want to join church and I'm excited man this month is a very very pivotal month over the next uh, 60 days we're going to be uh, launching our online discipleship uh, phase one of our online discipleship Uh, for those of you who may not be able to come to the campus we want to be able to facilitate your discipleship wherever you are but it's also going to be convenient for those of you who can come to the campus but may choose not to for whatever reason. We're going to create this platform for you to be able to grow in the privacy of your own home using your tablet or your smartphone device. So click on that link and say, yeah, I want to become part of this church family. I want to grow in the Lord. Now, if you'd like to worship the Lord in giving, you've had opportunities throughout the service, but if you haven't taken advantage of that, there are six ways that you can give, and we would love for you to do that on today. Um, Worship the Lord in giving and help us in our kingdom work. Uh, There are several things that we're we're doing. Uh, Still doing the food pantry. Our diversionary program has been absolutely tremendous, Uh, just had a staff meeting regarding that. We're we're literally uh, bursting at the seams because we're not only getting young men and young women who are being sent to us by the district attorney's office, but we have families and parents who are sending their young people who are saying, hey, I need help. And we need help in order to continue to help them. We're also working on our wellness center. Uh, We want to bring health and wellness to the community and make it more accessible. Uh, Your giving helps to make all of that happen along with supporting our missionaries, uh, both locally, nationally and internationally. So a tremendous work is going on through our ministry and we would love for you to be a partner with us in the kingdom building work. Now, uh, Sister Denise Henderson is our new director of missions. She is going to share a word for you. Uh, every, Every week, my plan is to have mission moments and mission moments are opportunities for us to share with you what God is doing through this church because if I'm asking you to be a partner with us I want you to know what's happening right so whether it's locally nationally or internationally we're going to talk about uh, and look back on what God has done we want to look ahead look forward to what mission projects we're planning Uh, we want to look within Uh, to see how God is using the family of hope locally, nationally, and internationally to carry the gospel, to disciple people, to help people know Jesus and grow in Jesus. Uh, And we want to look up. So we're going to challenge you in some prayer matters as well um, as we pray for unreached people groups and we pray for people who are out there on the field. When we talk about our short-term mission trips, you'll hear some of those announcements. And some of you who are watching, depending on where you are in the U.S., maybe where you are in the world, we might be coming to your area. And we would love for you to join us in our mission work. We're planning right now a mission project uh, support, and we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks. In Durban, in South Africa, um, we're doing... Uh, work in Africa. Uh, We have missionaries on the field in Ghana and Uganda. The Sloans are there. We'll be hearing from them as well. Uh, We're going to talk about what we're doing locally. So man, there's just so many great things that we're doing to help build the kingdom of God. And we would love for you to be a partner with us. As a matter of fact, I think Denise has a word to share today. We're going to hear from our director of missions, Denise Henderson, and then following that, we're going to get ready to go. Remember, though, God is doing something wonderful in you and God is doing something wonderful in me. All right. Until next time. God bless is my prayer.
3: Good morning, Good Hope family from the missions department, we want to wish every single mother a happy Mother's Day. We love you. Here are our missions moments for the week as we look up, look back, look ahead, and look within. This week we will be praying that as we go, that we would fulfill the Great Commission, that we would have faithful volunteers at Good Hope Church, and we also want to pray for African American missionaries all around the world. Did you guys hear how we were able to serve this past weekend? We were able to feed 203 families this weekend, serving over 10,000 pounds of food. What a blessing. Here are ways that you can serve with Good Hope Church this week. Friday, we have the food pantry preparation at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Saturday, we have the food distribution at 8 a.m. on the side of the Hope Center in the garage. And then we have a new opportunity to serve you guys. On Monday, which is tomorrow, we have a partnership with Fresh Project where we will be feeding our homeless friends at 8 p.m., 1212 Prairie. 12, so make sure you guys come out and serve. Have you heard about the Sloans? Well, fortunately, they are doing great. The Sloans are in Tanzania, and they're nearing the end of their language school. They will be headed back to Uganda in the next couple of weeks, where they will begin to start their full-time ministry. Stay tuned for opportunities to serve, and join us as we love God, love all people, and change the world in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you.
2: Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, tell them. Say, God, God is doing something
3: wonderful in you. God is doing
2: something wonderful in you. Something awesome, something and, awesome and incredible the And it's sort on the outside Something something awesome awesome and incredible That only He would get the glory God is is doing something wonderful. wonderful